Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Would you be the jerk for refusing to look for a babysitter when you're due to go in for surgery? We'll get into that in a bit, but first, am I the jerk for not trying harder to let my ex know our son passed? Both myself, female, and my partner, male, were 28 when I found out I was pregnant, together four years. Personally, I didn't want the child, my work was offering potential advances within my position, and I was excited for it. But after a lot of talking, we decided to go forward with it. When I was around 20 weeks, just after finding out the gender, he disappeared. I couldn't contact him, he wouldn't answer the phone or messages. I got worried and messaged his mother, and found out he was living back with her and was overwhelmed with the situation. He kept paying his part of the bills over to my bank each month, but I received no contact. I even tried going over. Nothing. By about 27 weeks I gave up trying, gave up crying, and just got on with what I thought was a future as a single mother. I brought everything needed over the next couple of weeks and set it all up. At 31 weeks I started having pains, but put it down to Braxton Hicks. Just before 32 weeks, my waters went and I went into labor with the baby coming very quickly. He went straight to NICU. I messaged and rang my ex and his mother, no response. Less than a week later, my son passed due to complications of early birth. I again tried to contact my ex and his mother, left voicemails and messages, nothing. The next few weeks were a blur, but with the help of my mother and father, his funeral was arranged. They tried to contact X and his mother also, still nothing. I sent more messages, nothing. I'm assuming we were probably all blocked, but honestly at that point I didn't care. I was so broken. His funeral came and went. It was beautiful and horrible. I stopped messaging and told my family not to bother after the funeral had passed. I couldn't deal with it anymore. About five months after his birth and death, my ex turned up, let himself in. I wasn't at home, but when I got back, he was instantly hostile. The flat was clearly not set up for, nor accommodating a small child. He demanded to see his son. I broke down and told him what happened. I have never seen him so sad and angry. He stormed out, slamming the door on his way out. Within half an hour, I got a nasty call from his mother, followed by messages from siblings and other family. How dare I not let them know something so serious? How could I hide something like that out of petty spite? I truly didn't. I tried, but I couldn't keep trying. It's been nearly three weeks now of them being awful. I was speaking to my sister this weekend and she said, To be fair, it was a bit of a jerk move to not keep trying. They deserved to know. Was it? I tried so hard to let them know, but I was struggling so hard too. I lost my son too. Am I the jerk? Should I have done more? Personally, in my opinion, OP is 100% not the jerk here. Obviously, they tried and I think they tried plenty hard enough if they were blocked. At some point, you just give up trying to reach out to them. Wouldn't you guys agree? I mean, does OP have to hire a PI to track them down to let them know? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy getting to decide whether or not all of these people are jerks, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below?
That said, our next story is, am I the jerk for not letting a family use our pump for their deflated ball? My boyfriend and I belong to a local community center with a few basketball courts. Sometimes on the weekends, we like to go there and just shoot around and have fun. Unfortunately, the balls the community center has are almost always slightly deflated for some reason. You can remedy this by either bringing your own ball or your own pump. Since I already have a pump for my bike, we usually just bring that and let other people use it too if they ask nicely. We had the court to ourselves when a mom with her two 8-10 to year old boys arrived. No big deal, they can use the other side of the court. The kids started playing and were having trouble with the deflated ball. Mom who was sitting and watching nearby noticed this and noticed that our ball was pumped. She came up to us and said we need to let her kids have a turn with the ball we were using since it was the only good one. I told her that they're all deflated and that we actually brought a pump to fix one so we could use it. I said she couldn't have our ball but she was welcome to use the pump to initiate the one her kids had. She seemed offended by this and scoffed at me. I suppose you're not even going to inflate it for us? I kind of paused because I was taken aback, but then responded, no, I wasn't, but I've changed my mind. She said, good. I said, yeah, now I don't think I'm going to let you use it at all. I turned back to my boyfriend and we started playing again, ignoring her stammering about how rude we were. The kids were watching the whole time and didn't say a word. They started playing again too, until the mom got frustrated with us ignoring her, took them, and left. After they left, my boyfriend said I went too far. He agreed she was rude, but said I should have let them use the pump, because in the end, it meant the mom got mad and the kids couldn't play anymore. While I do feel bad for them, I wasn't going to let their entitled mother steamroll me. I think that's setting a bad precedent for both her and for her kids, that they will all learn that they can just bully people into doing everything for them. So, am I the jerk? I think you just allowing them to even use your pump was plenty more than you ever had to do. And like, even if you had to show them just to get them started, I think that's more than reasonable for you to expect them to pump their own balls up. Our next story is, am I the jerk for not giving my sister-in-law a heads up about our pregnancy announcement and calling her a witch? I, 29-year-old female, and my fiancé Dan, 29-year-old male, are expecting. I'm 24 weeks pregnant. I've mostly been wearing baggage clothing to hide the bump, especially with my history of miscarriages. My sister-in-law Jess, 27-year-old female, is infertile. My heart hurts for her, but the way my in-laws handle it, in my opinion, is pathetic. You can't have pregnancy announcements, no children under 5 can attend family events. Despite her rules recently, me and Dan both agreed it was time to announce the pregnancy. We both agreed that we would do a surprise gender reveal. We had the doctor give us an envelope on what the gender was the last appointment. We hosted a gathering where we would announce it, and also had the party for the gender reveal when sister-in-law arrived and her husband. When she found out, she was angry and asked me why I didn't give her a heads up, and I know how she feels about this. I told her I don't have to tell her anything and that she didn't have to be such a witch about it. She stormed out and has been ghosting me and I'm blocked on all of her socials. So am I a jerk? I think both sides are probably at fault here. Obviously, I don't think one person having that trauma and experience can force everybody else to not do things that would possibly trigger her. But at the same time, if OP knows this is going to be an issue for them, try to work around that or do it in a way that isn't going to, essentially, be a head-on car collision with the issue she has. Our next story is, am I the jerk for hugging my brother in front of my wife, despite knowing that makes my wife uncomfortable? 
I ask this because I know I have a skewed perspective on this. My family's always been more physically affectionate than most. My siblings and I were always hugging, holding hands, and cuddling with each other, and our parents until we moved out. This was never weird for us, it's just the way we were raised, and I've never seen anything wrong with that. My wife is an only child, and her and her parents are the exact opposites. To this day, I've never seen her parents so much as smile at each other, which is fine, different strokes and all that, I don't judge. It did lead to some conversations early in our relationship though. I had to basically explain to her when she first met my parents years ago that, no, I didn't find it weird that they showed any amount of affection in front of us. She and my family get along great. They know her boundaries and how she doesn't like to be touched by most people, and always respected that. The issue is, she once told me that she doesn't like when I'm affectionate with my family in front of her. She's not jealous or anything like that, it's just because of how she's raised. She has trouble separating physical affection from romance. Anyway, my brother lives a bit of a drive away, and he came to visit for the first time in a few months. My wife got home a bit after he came over, we all caught up and that was that. Then when he left, I gave him a hug goodbye. Thought nothing of that until I saw my wife's face. She looked freaked out. I asked what was up, and she reiterated that she wishes I wouldn't do that around her. She explained that if she had a sister, it would be like me watching them kiss on the lips. I told her I'm sorry that she has that thought process, but she needs to work that out on her own. I don't think I have to stop doing something normal because it makes her uncomfortable. She says I'm biased because of how I was raised as well, and that my parents were a little too clingy with me. I understand the way I grew up was unusual, and maybe I'm letting that cloud my judgment. I think this story's sad. I think it's sad that OP's feeling pressured enough to say that their childhood was unusual because their parents and siblings hugged, or were cuddly. Honestly, I wish it was more affectionate while I was growing up. For a long time for me, there was anxiety or like a fear of showing physical affection to people. I think it's completely normal and I think like OP suggests, it's kind of her issue. Now you shouldn't feel like you have to hug somebody. Our next story is, am I the jerk for not having sweets in the house for my niece who is under my care? I, 27 year old female, have been the guardian of my niece Zoe, 9, for almost a year since my brother and sister-in-law passed away. I work full time in a relatively high stress job. Ever since I was 24, I've been on a low carb diet. It's obviously not for everybody, but I feel better not consuming so much carb and sugar. It helps with my weight, concentration, and energy level. My diet consists mostly of meat served with fruits and vegetables, but if I crave a slice of pizza or a helping of pad thai every now and then, I don't beat myself over it. When Zoe came to live with me, I made sure to have carbs for her meals mostly rice and potatoes. I also take us out to eat once or twice a week so we can explore different cuisines and local offerings. She has lunch at her school and I give her a small allowance so she can buy whatever she likes within that budget. What I don't have in my home is dessert. I used to stock some when Zoe first came to live with me and would give her a small serving after a meal when I had some fruits. A few weeks of that and Zoe asked why I didn't eat any dessert with her and I told her for me, fruits are yummier and healthier. Not long after, she stopped me from buying more of anything sweet when I took her grocery shopping and said she would just have fruits too, like me. I tried to serve her some dessert we had at her next meal, but she refused. A few more times of that and I stopped offering and gave her fruits instead. Zoe and I still enjoy dessert when we go out to eat. Nafe is one of our favorites. A few days ago, a mom from Zoe's after-school club called me. 
She told me she brought butterscotch pies to the club, and everyone enjoyed a piece including Zoe. A lot of kids left school early that day, so there was a lot of leftover pie, and she offered to pack it up for everyone there to take home. All the kids took some, but Zoe didn't and told her we don't really have dessert at home. She was concerned that I was setting Zoe up for an eating disorder and that kids deserve to have something sweet in the house. I told her how it was Zoe's choice to not have dessert, so I just stopped stalking them. I also told her I know Zoe occasionally bought sweets at school, so there's no need to add more sugar content to her home food. She said it was not right for me to set a low-carb diet lifestyle as an example for Zoe when she's still so young and shouldn't be restricted from eating anything. Again, I told her that Zoe can have anything she wants and I would gladly provide any food for her, but she argued that eating is a social thing and by seeing me abstaining from sweets, Zoe would do the same to feel like she belongs. I'm quite confused about this. I know from a rough nutrition estimate that Zoe is getting what she needs. She's rarely sick and her martial arts instructor says she's an active and enthusiastic student. I also don't think I should compromise my own chosen diet so my niece can have dessert at home. Am I the jerk? Definitely not the jerk as long as she's getting exactly what she needs to survive. I think this is honestly a great thing that you're teaching them. I mean, you're honestly kind of saving them from being addicted to all of that extra processed sugar and additives and carbs and whatnot. As long as your niece is happy and healthy, that's all that matters. Our next story is, am I the jerk for telling my sister that I'm not responsible for her life choices and that because she chose to have children with an unstable person, she chose to deal with the consequences? My sister Bethany is 12 years older than me. She went to college when I was 6 and stayed in the same city after graduation. So naturally, we've never been close. After college, Bethany met a guy named Adam. Adam was constantly in trouble with the law and could never hold down a job. Against everyone's advice, Bethany stayed with Adam and eventually married him because she said that she had a thing for bad boys and that Adam made her feel edgy and exciting. Bethany and Adam have four children, my seven-year-old niece Amelia, three-year-old twin nephews Jack and Nico, and my youngest niece Ray who just turned two. Well, almost immediately after Ray was born, Adam was charged with a serious crime and he will be, at minimum, spending the next six years in prison. My parents are in their 60s. They said it was easy to help when Ray and the twins were babies, but now that they're toddlers and can outrun them, forget it. For that reason, they're asking me to begin taking care of my nieces and nephews since I work from home. They said no one would be anywhere without family, and because I'm young, I need to give back and help my family now. I told my parents and Bethany that their plan isn't even feasible. Working from home still means working. I have to speak with clients and be active in meetings. I can't constantly step away to keep an eye on the kids, especially not one as young as Ray. Plus, I'm 25. I still have college debt to pay back. Babysitting as a teenager doesn't mean I'm ready to essentially become a parent to even one child, much less four children. I also reminded Bethany that she never really had been involved in my life other than attending the same occasional holiday parties. We may share DNA, but we're practically strangers. I acknowledge the situation with Adam is unfortunate, but he showed for years that he wouldn't be a stable partner. She was 30 when they had Amelia. She wasn't a naive teenager. She chose the excitement of being with a person like Adam, and she chose to deal with the consequences now. Her choices are not my responsibility. My parents told me that if I don't step up, they're going to leave everything to Bethany and the kids when they pass. 
and that I will not receive any major financial help from them again. I told them to do whatever they wanted and essentially repeated the same thing I did to Bethany about not being responsible for her life choices. I explained the situation to some friends. They agreed I wasn't a jerk for refusing to help with my nieces and nephews. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Just because it isn't a feasible option anyway. But a few of my friends said I was a jerk for the way I explained myself to Bethany and my parents. Because no one gets married expecting to be a single parent. And what I said about Adam came off as victim blaming Bethany for her situation. Two of these friends said that I could at least agree to look after them during my time off since they're still my nieces and nephews. Am I the jerk? I just can't blame OP for not wanting to have any part of this. I know if I was an OP situation, I'm sorry, like I know I would be family, but I don't want to have to look after anybody else's kids. If I wanted to look after kids, I would have gone and made sure I have some of my own. Our next story is, am I the jerk for telling my stepsister no one cared about her wedding after she wouldn't stop comparing it to mine? I, 23-year-old female, have a stepsister Maggie, 27-year-old female, whose mother Miranda is married to my dad. I grew up mainly with my mother and stepfather, so I didn't see Miranda or Maggie that often. Also, Maggie and Miranda have a massive chip on their shoulders about my dad's extended family, so they stopped coming to most group things, and I've spent a lot of time staying with my grandparents during holidays, so I saw them even less. For various reasons, most of my dad's family has converged onto the same area in the last couple of years, so we see each other more often. Maggie got married last year, and I'm getting married this summer. 
The weddings are not close together and not comparable in terms of venue, size, aesthetic, literally anything. But that hasn't stopped Maggie from comparing them incessantly. She's annoyed that my dad offered to pay for mine. I refused, but didn't for hers. She's mad that I'm wearing heirloom jewelry for my wedding that she wasn't offered. She's mad that extended family will be attending my wedding when they didn't attend hers. She's gone so far as to say that she should have married my fiancé since she's closer in age to him and they've skipped her. She believes my marriage was arranged. It seems to boil down to that she didn't get the wedding she wanted gratis and she's still bitter about it. About a week ago, the family, grandparents, dad, Miranda, Maggie plus husband, aunt, cousin and wife, me and fiancé, had dinner. The subject of a family member came up in their accommodation for the wedding and Maggie chimed to say how nice it was that they were able to make it to mine because they were too busy to come to hers. No one acknowledged what she said so she started to talk about the excuse they'd given at a stupidly loud volume so that everyone had to listen. I'm not a confrontational person but a mix of wine and exhaustion took over and I said, No one cared about your wedding a year ago and they're not going to start today so please just spare us. There was an awkward silence until everyone moved on. But Maggie started crying and quietly left the table and eventually went home. My dad says she's too humiliated to talk to anyone and probably won't come to the wedding. My dad is pressuring me to apologize because Miranda is giving him a hard time, as is Maggie. He says I knew how much it hurt Maggie that a lot of the family pomp was not part of her wedding, and while she's taken it too far, I went for the jugular and I didn't need to, because she wasn't being disparaging to me, she was just inappropriately expressing bottled up feelings. To me, it felt like she was using my important life event to draw attention to herself which felt unfair and mean-spirited, which is why I reacted the way I did. That said, it seems like she's not brushing off my comment as easily as I did hers, so I'm wondering if I took it too far. I can't blame OP for what they did here. I think honestly, just about anybody in that situation would be worked up and pent up enough that they'd want to as well. Like, I feel like she has a reason to be upset if people didn't attend her wedding, but at some point you gotta let it go. This next story is, am I the jerk for refusing to get rid of my bees despite my nephew's allergy? So a bit of background first, my wife, Sally, 29-year-old female, and I, 32-year-old male, live in a very rural area, and we have a large plot of land I inherited from my late father. About half of it is forested. My family's had this land and managed it for generations at this point, and we've kept bees on the land for just as long. There are three permanent managed colonies that we collect honey and other products from, and anywhere from two to six wild colonies depending on the year. On to the issue, my sister-in-law Mary, 31-year-old female, recently married a man, late 30s, who has a 12-year-old son that apparently has an extreme allergy to bees, to the point where he'll die if he doesn't get medical attention. Every year, Sally and I host the family's 4th of July party since we have the space both inside and out. Mary called last week to tell us we needed to get rid of the bees so that her son can be there. I told her I'm absolutely not doing that. She got really angry and told me I'm excluding my nephew over some insects and that family matters more than them. I told her that if it's such a big issue, then she can host or her son can just stay inside. She got huffy and hung up on me. Sally's on my side with this and tried to suggest that maybe my brother-in-law, who's an EMT, could try and prepare in case something happens. 
This issue has split my wife's family, and now my mother-in-law is trying to convince my wife and I to just get rid of them to keep the peace. I get that the kid could die, but I don't think it's fair to demand that I give up my bees over a kid who I've known for less than a year. Am I the jerk? I'm sorry, but when you throw a one-day 4th of July get-together, that doesn't necessitate you getting rid of colonies of bees that have been around for years. Bring an EpiPen with you, and as long as everything's well-managed and you're not, like, directly agitating the bees, you probably shouldn't get stung to begin with. Our next story is, am I the jerk for refusing to pay for the trip my daughter wants to go on and not allowing her to go on mine? Trip is on the 4th of July weekend and involves me, 35-year-old male, my ex-wife Chloe, 35-year-old female, and my daughter, 14-year-old female. We've been divorced for three years and the co-parenting relationship has been very difficult. We ended on bad terms and we still don't see eye to eye on parenting styles. I try to be the best dad I can, but the situation was the final straw. The reason me and Chloe divorced was primarily finances. We both worked full time whenever we started dating. Whenever our daughter was born, Chloe stopped, then back to work till our divorce when our daughter was 11. During that time, I was pretty much an ATM. My ex-wife paid for literally nothing. I paid for everything, including dinners, groceries, entertainment. My ex-wife paid half the mortgage and that was her only financial contribution. I would bring up constantly about how I felt used. Her response was that I was the man of the family. She claimed to want a traditional marriage where the man provides. I said then I expect a traditional wife clean the house regularly, have a meal on the table when I get home, etc. She said she worked full time so she shouldn't be expected to do all that. I said then you aren't a traditional wife but expect a financially good situation for yourself? This along with some of her friends that I disliked was enough for me to file for divorce. The trip is for my daughter's dance team. I didn't want her to join in the first place as she wasn't even interested in dance, just the social aspect of being on this team. I told my ex I'm not paying for it, so she did. The trip is to go to Florida to compete in competitions. It's like a thousand dollars and she's gotta have a chaperone. Total cost with a parent will be fifteen hundred. Chloe asked if I would pay for half of the trip. I said absolutely not. She should have plenty saved up from the divorce and her private accounts she never touched. Since it's her weekend, I don't feel like bankrolling her vacation either. She said it's not a vacation and I said it absolutely is. If I pay half, then it's making her trip cheaper. I said she should have money saved up and if not, that's her problem. My daughter is pissed because my ex-wife told her they couldn't go. My daughter asked why and I told her the exact reasons. That her mom is cheap and unwilling to open her accounts and I'm sick of being an ATM. My daughter then asked if it was because I was going on a trip with my girlfriend. I said I was going on a trip that weekend with my girlfriend, but that had nothing to do with it. Our trip had been planned for months and it was my money. My daughter asked if she could come on my trip and I said no. It's her mom's week and she's told me countless times she doesn't like my girlfriend, even though my girlfriend's been nothing but nice. Why would I subject my girlfriend to that on her vacation? She deserves a nice trip as well. Well, my daughter called me a jerk and is still giving me attitude this morning. Am I the jerk? Now, I could understand if OP can't afford it, but let's be real here, it's not like she is refusing to open her bank accounts. She asked you to pay for half of it. 
You're only saying no because you want to spite them because you don't want them to enjoy any time going with the chaperone. That's not about the money, that's not about them opening their bank account. That's you deliberately trying to spite your ex and make them miss out on something by making your daughter miss out on something. Our next story is, am I the jerk for not trying to find a babysitter for my surgery so that my wife could drive me to my surgery? I scheduled an eye surgery and checked with my wife to make sure she was free to drive me to my appointment. As the day is drawing nearer, she asked me who's watching the kids during my surgery. I didn't make any plans for that. We have a one-year-old and a two-year-old, but I assumed that she would just take the kids with us. If she thought that would be too much, she could ask her parents to watch them. Her parents are always willing to help. I told her that I could ask her mom if she could watch them. She said something like, No, I want you to ask your mom. Seeing as it's easier to just find someone to drive me than it is to ask for someone to watch the kids, I asked my mom if she would drive me to the appointment. My mom said she couldn't, but my stepdad offered to drive me. My stepdad and I are not very close, and he's not the kind of person I want to owe a favor to, if you catch my meaning. So I'm pretty annoyed that my wife is so reluctant to help me out. My wife is annoyed because she says she doesn't want to be stuck in a waiting room with two toddlers. Am I the jerk? I mean, I definitely don't blame her for not wanting to be in a waiting room with two toddlers. I think I could understand why she would want to be there though to help support you. I just don't think there's enough communication going on here. I don't want to outright say anybody's the jerk. I just feel like they really aren't on the same page at all. Our next story is, am I the jerk for not letting anyone share my table at the park? I work in a large city. When it's nice out, I usually like to eat lunch at a park near my office. It is a decent sized park with an ample amount of tables that anyone can use. On one particular lunch break, it was very nice out and the park was particularly crowded. I had to circle the park for a while before finding a free table. I sat and started to eat my lunch. My lunch spread and my handbag took up the majority of the table. A few minutes went by and a woman approached me, asking if she could sit. I said she could take a chair. It turned out I'd misunderstood her and she wanted to share the table. I was taken aback since all of the lunch breaks I spent sitting by myself in this park, this was the first time I'd ever been asked to share a table. The table, like the majority of the tables around the park, was small, only around two feet across. One would see two to three friends or co-workers share tables, but there wasn't much personal space, and I didn't really want to share with a stranger. I apologized and said I really preferred to eat alone. She looked dejected and left. Only a few minutes later, a man approached me asking to share the table. I said sorry, I wanted to eat alone. He proceeded to put his belongings down anyway, saying that him asking was only a courtesy, and he couldn't believe I actually said no. I was pissed and I told him that he could do what I did and circle the park until the table opened up. He called me a witch and went off on me, saying he'd just needed the table for a minute to fix his belongings. I went silent, wanting this interaction to end. He ended up apologizing to me and I said sorry as well, just to get him to leave me alone. Am I the jerk for not wanting to share my table with strangers? I'd always share a table at like a cafe with only a few tables or if the tables were large. But in this situation, I think I'm entitled to my personal space. This park has approximately a hundred tables. One was bound to free up for them. If not, there are more tables a few blocks over. 
So I definitely understand the common courtesy of if somebody's sitting at a smallish table, you don't want to crowd them. But this sounds like it was a pretty busy day if Opie's saying there were a hundred tables and somebody would have to go and circle around until one opened up. I mean, yes, there is common courtesy, but it kind of gets a little bit more gray and not so common if all that space is taken up and it's hard to even find a place to sit down. Personally though, I still can't really claim that OP's the jerk, because I know if I was in OP's situation sitting at a two-foot table, I really wouldn't want anybody else crowding my space either. I mean, if you have a container on that table, if they want to put anything on that table, you basically have to push them up against each other. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy Am I the Jerk here story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.